You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. All right, so you're wondering, how do I listen to you guys live? How do I check it out? Well, good news. We stream every Wednesday, 9 p.m. over on Twitch. Nerddux, N-E-R-D-D-U-X, or Nerd to Know Media on YouTube or Twitch. That's how you're going to be able to catch us. Hope to see you in the live chat. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre, this is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Hello, everybody, and we are here on Phoenix 92.5 FM with Nerd to No Basis. And with us, we have Bryn. Yay. And we have Katie. How's it going, guys? Hi. How are we feeling, everybody? And we have Kev. And I am Kev. I also, yes, me. Yes, (laughs) Kev. The star of the show. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. That's a lot of pressure, you guys. I I don't think I've got stardom in me. <laughs> uh, how are we Not doing with that, that attitude. <laughs> how's everyone's week been? It's been, it, you know, I feel like I haven't left since last week. Um, how I feel? It, I feel like I blinked and it's another show. You know, stuff is stuff. We're in. doing two shows a week now. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Of course, not block recording. We're not block recording. That'd be a crazy yeah. thing to do. No, of course time. not. No, no. no I just, no. I just decided to, to change t-shirt. to change it, to, and I just changed it into a different T-shirt to fool everyone. <laughs> not even. God, I, kinda, I mean, it's, know, I this isn't like Bake Off, but this isn't like Bake Off. You know, where they come in the second half of the episode and they're like, "It's day two, but everyone's wearing the same clothes." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Who I don't even know why they lie. It's a, it's clearly pre-recorded. Yeah, why? Why do they even need to lie? Like, it's okay to be like, oh yeah, we baked all of these things in one day. That's more yeah. impressive. Yeah, I feel bad for them though, like especially because like so they're done during the height height of summer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in what looks like a, a Pyrex tent. Um, <laughs> Pyrex tent with a lot of ovens in it. That's that's full of yeah. ovens. Just, yeah, that is yeah. that is swamp central and yeah. low powered fridges. Yeah, couldn't be a good time. It couldn't be a good time at all. Yeah, although I have to say, I am very much enjoying the. Yeah, I am very much enjoying the celebrity bake off right now. It's it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I I. I'm I'm enjoying it apart from the fact that it's just Matt Lucas on on his own and I can't stand him. Yeah, I miss Noel Fielding. I know he's on paternity leave or whatever, but I he miss is. him. Yeah, 
He shouldn't. He shouldn't be allowed to have paternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> now I've been following him on Instagram just to get mm. my fix of him lately, and he's just doing like the most bizarre paintings. It's of course, fantastic. Of course, that's just that's just null fielding for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I suppose just in like we are as a news channel, probably have about some yeah. news. Yeah. Uh, the most Surely not. The, no. the most, surely no. That'd be that'd be an insane thing. Yeah. Um, biggest news story I think to break at least, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned, is the announcement that Sony uh, are closing the servers for the PS3, PSP, and PS Vita online stores. Mm-hmm. I think everyone, I think a lot of people saw this coming inevitably, but this is this is the guillotine in that now. I think it's coming at the end of June. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't like I, I see why. Yeah. Like that's they're already. <laughs> two generations on on this and I'd say the player base of the PS3 has dropped significantly it's kind of one of those things though it's like everybody was expecting it but you still get sad when it happens yeah oh it's no it's it's definitely like you can expect it but like I'm definitely torn up about it because that's like yeah that, that's PS2 games pretty much just lost to time now <laughs> you can't there get- were so many of them that were ported to the PS3 but there's a lot of them that have been done to PS4, but not nearly as many as with the PS3. Is there any on the and 5 now, yet? Yeah, like, They'll come. I think so. No, not no, really? like if, it might be like maybe the ones that were ported to PS3 but or PS4, but not like not nearly a, like a library. Like, right. You could get like all of the Sly trilogy, all the Ratchet and Clank trilogy, all the Spyro games, all of them. They were all ported just mm. one-to-one on the PS3 store. They were just, they were just emulated, basically. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so unless you pick them up between now and the start of June, that's that. They essentially have been just reliquated to retro stores. Mm. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, if anything, I'm kind of surprised it took them so long. <laughs> but that's more just because of like how much I, like how much I'd expect them to go like two or three years into the PS4's life cycle and go, okay, we're done with these, with these now. Sorry, bye. You know? I'd say at least fairly wide into the PS4. I'd say the PS3 player base was still very strong, though. Mm-hmm. Like, there, it was a very popular console when it really hit its stride. Like, it was obviously it was very late, really hitting its stride with the incredibly high mark when it first released. Uh, but when they cheapened the models and you know worked out the kinks, <laughs> yeah, um, it like it, it sold very very well and became a very very popular console. Um, I'd say it was only halfway through the PS4's life cycle when the PS when the base PS4s dropped in price to their level. Did it probably actually see a player drop off? Uh, but even then, like it's still like it's got some of the most popular games of all time on it now. Um, yeah, well, I, I think like that, as that, of right, that, like obviously in, in the Xbox 360. I think that um, I think it's kind of true though. Like of any of all these kind of generations, when people say like, "Oh, we've got the most popular games of all time," it's like, "Yeah, but games are on them." Like that's gonna happen eventually that's fair you know like i mean i you know maybe this is my perspective maybe this is like me showing more of my age but i would still look at the ps2 era and go like the games on that the quality of games there is far better than the games that came on the ps3 but that's also because the industry was also entirely different you know like it wasn't like i mean the the, the ps3 and xbox 360s were like heavily marred by war games dominating player bases that's fair yeah you know like 
there, you know, that like that is a major difference. Whereas there's still a level of like um, of going. Well, we don't really know what sells and what doesn't sell in the PS2, Xbox, um, uh, the first Xbox um, era of games because like you'd get Animusha and you get the suffering, but then you'd also get like a bunch of Star Wars games. You get you know, um, like you get like Shadow of the Colossus, which is still one of the best games I've ever played. You know, even on the remakes of it. Um, but like I think again, like for the P- for the PS3, like this it, again it still has great games. Infamous Two is one of my favorite games of all time. You know, like it just it does very wildly though. It's going to be very interesting because this is the first. Well, this well no actually I'd say the Wii was probably the first, but like like now we're starting to see the closures of Major consoles stores. that were like heavily on. Sorry. Like major stores, <laughs> you know. Well, no, uh, actually, consoles that relied heavily on the internet. Uh, so, like a lot of where, like mm. you know, when the PS2 closed, like there were just physical discs. Like you, you, they're still being swapped around. Now we're seeing the closure of stores where that relied very heavily on online connectivity, and those services are just gone. Now. Mm. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the secondhand market uh, and just kind of the the reselling of the PS3 games now are going to go forward, whether or not they might just kind of be classed into redundancy after a while. Um, like there's that, there's a, I think there's probably a point in the later PS3 games where it might not even be possible to play them from the disc alone. And it'll be interesting to see if you can still actually download the data from that onto, uh, onto your PS3. And now I know yeah, they confirmed that's... that. Yeah. Now I know they've confirmed that yep. if you like, obviously, anything you purchase digitally is still yours. You can still download it. It'll still be banked on the PlayStation Network. Mm. Just the it's just the store is being closed. Mm. But even still, it's going to get to a point though where, like, first they take the store, then it's like the cache of different patches and stuff is the next thing. Yeah, like that's it. It is like this is what happens when we move kind of into a very digital heavy space. Yeah. Uh, things become a lot more a lot more transient. Yeah, well, this is and, I mean, this uh, has been a conversation we've had on the show a bunch of times where we've talked about like why archival is quite a, is actually a very important and a major issue in terms of like um, something for consumers because we you know if you want to go and play like if you want to play a historical game you need to have a level of compatibility to do that and like it's because again like now. Like now, it's still possible to go and find films from the '40s and actually just watch them, but there's not really that same level of like uh, care for historic for game for games in terms of like because the the evolution in technology has been massive, and it would be nice to have a way of documenting that and being able to show, well, this is this is Chrono Trigger, this is why Chrono Trigger was really important, and here's how Chrono Trigger plays. There's none of that really, and I'm just using. I'm, that's the first game that came to my head. Obviously, it's much older than PS3, but like, you know, if someone ever wanted to play Hayes, God knows why they want to play Hayes. But you know, if they wanted to, if they, if someone wants to be able to play it in the modern age, there should be a way to do it. You know, without just hoping to whatever studio <laughs> may own the rights to Hayes. 
decide to port it to whatever the most current gen console is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there, there's definitely like it's it, it's also just a problem with kind of the end of the games industry as a whole is there's a lot of IP hoarding. And we'll just like like they will take an IP, sometimes a beloved IP, and just hoard it and not do anything with it. Not re-release it, not release old games. No. Like Konami, terrible with that. When was the last mm. time you saw a Silent Hill game? Like <laughs> Oh no. Or like, yeah, like the PS3 was the last time I saw somebody mention like that's like you just can't get Silent Hill games now with the PS3. Well, if you like want the old Silent Hill, if you, if you like Pachinko, you can get Silent Hill games. You know, but that's that's kind of it. You know, like I suppose in a very literal term, yes, that is a Silent Hill game. <laughs> it's just not the game you want, but it's a game. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> um. You know, yeah, it, so like it, I definitely it's think, funny yeah. that they haven't done it because surely I mean like Silent like it's like Silent Hill and Resident Evil get brought up and with it with certain with people of a certain age, they get brought up almost interchangeably with horror games they loved from when they first started playing games. And one of them is getting getting remakes upon remakes upon remakes and constantly getting reiterated. And then there's Silent Hill, which is just Oh, Konami, Konami mm. are crazy people. I mm. like it is unfathomable to think to imagine how they actually what they are thinking. Yeah. Because they have a cache of just some of the most beloved game IPs ever created mm. and they just do nothing with them. And yeah. no and like even to the point where like they are actively losing money. They just have no it, it's a crazy thing where it looks like they have no interest in making video games at all, yeah. but just have to make one a year pretty much to keep the IP. And that, like and that, and that, Survive, Contra, yeah. terrible game that they made. Yeah. The, the only game they seem to be interested in making year in, year out is Pro Evolution Soccer. And that's it. You know. Are they still making that? They are still making it, yeah. Because um, they, they still, I, I don't know why they're still making it but they are it, but it's the only thing I've seen from a make in the last couple of years like in the last year or two As, like I mean it was this and it was that and like I think the last game before that was Metal Gear, Metal Gear Survive you know yeah like no they had a Contra game last year but yeah like, that, that, that was what that game was yeah um, yeah uh, so like it's it's I, I just don't understand why they are just like, obviously, they're keeping the IPs because of the Pachinko machines. Mm. But I don't see how they... I just don't understand, because I think there, there, there has to be a legal way where they can keep the the IP for licensing rights, but then like, just sublet these licenses out and just make games. And then they make money. I just That's the thing. It's, like, well, it's, but it's, basically it's, what you're describing... I don't, I don't understand. It's basically what you're describing is what Marvel did to keep afloat before they went bankrupt in the 90s. You know, like, I mean, if they, yeah. if, like, if you imagine, like, it won't happen, but like, just for a second, imagine what would happen if, um, if the likes of an Obsidian Studios got their hands on Metal Gear Solid, you know, and just or, like, or, or a Capcom got Silent yeah. Hill. Yeah. Or, um, or if uh, Ninja Theory got to do, uh, to do a Metal Gear, Metal Gear Revengeance 2, oh. you know. There's just some fun ideas. <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's this thing of like remember the first one of the other instances I heard of this before was like imagine if like uh, if Disney never changed the public domain laws and we'd live in an age where Batman and Superman are both public domain characters like right now 
and imagine what could be done if both of them were public domain. Well, yeah. would be it's crazy. Char- like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have to pay like 30 quid for a Batman trade pack. That's, that's one thing. Yeah, that, that is one thing. Absolutely. You know, but as well as that, like you could have like every movie studio making a Batman movie and, you know, some of them might actually be good. Yeah, some of them might actually present Batman as the way Batman's supposed to be presented. But you know, like, um, you know, but I've been waiting. I've been waiting a very long time to see an accurate representation of that character. Um, I'll get there fully one day. But <laughs> I'm glad you have. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We live in hope. Hey, look, it, it <laughs> happened once, and it was in the '60s, and that's fine. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, well, I suppose oh, talking about works. games that uh, games mm. that won't really be be uh, stored away into 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 the forgotten into the forgotten annals of history. Um, something that I think is going to become that is going to be timeless no matter when and is always going to be available is RPG is, t- is tabletop RPGs. Oh, totally! It's, uh, it's becoming more, and, more popular. So, oh yeah. And to, to use this incredibly smooth segue, uh, Katie has introduced us to one I had never heard of before. So yeah, for, for the person so... who has been incredibly quiet this whole podcast, Katie, please. <laughs> I was just biding my time. No. So, <laughs> so um, like I am definitely one of those people who has jumped on, I suppose, jumped on the bandwagon over this lockdown because I've noticed a lot of people are playing tabletop role-playing games now, which is great. You know, it's, and it's a way for people to be more social um, because we're all, I think a year into it, we're all feeling pretty isolated at this point. Um, But we recently discovered one called Morkborg. And it's basically, for anyone who's not familiar with it, it's basically like, a Swedish death metal version of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, but with slightly less rules. Like it's it's not so heavy on the stats and you know what you can and can't do and all this kind of thing. And it's just really fun and gruesome and weird. <laughs> and, um, I am loving it right now. It sounds incredibly rad. We were talking about mm. it before the show. Uh, so actually, because I don't actually ask you, so it's it's is it a D twenty system? Is it a what? So it's a D20 system. So like is, is the core kind of like gameplay uh, involved rolling a D20? Yeah. Um, yeah, but you, you do other things as well. So like, I don't know how it works with Dungeons and Dragons, but you know, certain weapons are different dice. So, yeah, you know, you might same. have to, you might have to roll a D6, but then yeah. you have to roll like a D4 for damage or something like that. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. very cool. Um, and I had no experience with any of those games before, even though I make dice, but that was just more because I really like the dice. <laughs> Um, so it's been really fun picking it up and for a game that's designed to be like, it's basically designed to be unforgiving and kill you any chance it gets. Um, Mm. it's actually been one that's really easy to to get into just because it's very light on the rules. Mm. So it's kind of more up to your DM what they, you know, if you're like, can I do this? Can I do that? It's more up to them to say, well, let's see, you know, rather than say, no, that's not in the rules. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, like, that's always, like, I think it's always very dull when you get any kind of RPG going and then you get a rules lawyer, either as a player or as a DM, especially if it's a DM, just coming yeah. around going, well, no, actually, technically speaking, if we look if we look here in the rules of this, 
Yeah. That well, that can't happen. Well, I mean, there there is an an element of that, but it's yeah. kind of more for us. It's more a case of oh, let me double check. You yeah. know, it's it's not so much here are the rules. It's like. But if you look at page 340, you'll see that that's not a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of more of a thing. Usually we're just checking stats or something. But but no, hang on a second, though, Kev, because if it's like, I know I understand what you're saying, but I have Sarathra's Guide to Everything, and they revised that rule. So technically speaking, it is possible because of these four. Aha, but Deuce is on you because they (laughs) reneged that in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. (laughs) (laughs) And, And so it goes. You know, yeah, and yeah. just yeah, and, and the cosmic ballet goes on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it, it's been really nice, and it's it's um basically how I got into it was my partner used to play D and D before mm. lockdown hit, um, and so one of his party found mm. this other game, and he wanted to DM and he wanted to like try it out, but he 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 wanted people to kind of try it out on, and not necessarily people who were like kind of big into it already who knew the rules so he asked if we wanted to, like he asked if we wanted to play mm. and i was like oh that sounds like fun so it has been really really fun and it, it's it's kind of good as well for me it's because like you guys were saying it's more of an it's like an improv situation and you're getting into it and like the more you play the more you get into like the role play aspects instead of just sitting there going am i allowed to do this am i allowed to do that mm. you're like i'm gonna do this <laughs> yeah well that's always when it gets when it gets really fun. <laughs> yeah. Wreck it. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my character is at the moment is not so much wrecking stuff because I'm still very squishy. Like I started off with one HP and light armor and a femur for a weapon, which did like no damage. So it was for me, it was kind of more avoiding, you know, escaping from fights as much as possible and just being crazy and i ended up being like the dancing one who instead of fighting i just like distract people with my dancing while the other guys go in and hit them and you know all that kind of stuff so it's been a lot of fun (laughs) yeah that sounds great that sounds like so much fun yeah i'm really enjoying it yeah no like i've definitely seen because obviously D is very number crunchy and i like I I'm into that. I I actually do like the the crunch. I like the yeah. I like the nitty gritty. I like to do maths. Mm. I'm I'm that I'm weird. I love that. Um, but yeah, I've seen I, some systems that are just are very role play heavy. Uh, one that always actually I never got to play. Mm. Uh, but there's a system called Monster of the Week. Um, that mm. I I heard about it through. Uh, if either of you heard about the 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 D and D show, uh, the Adventure Zone, it's the McElroy's D and D show. Uh, oh, cool. sec- yeah, yeah. Their second season, uh, Amnesty runs the monster of the week. It's it's about it's about a cryptid ski lodge was was how my friend sold it to me. Um, but unlike D and D, where you're kind of like your big adventures that kind of grow stronger and become you know larger than life figures, you're just dudes. They, like it's set in West Virginia in a forest, and you're just humans. You've got like three hit points, and one of you has a park ranger. <laughs> Um, so that's like there's like there's you know the role and that's actually why i was asking if it was a d20 system in uh in workborg workborg yeah yeah workborg yeah Uh, is because monster of the week it runs a d6 system where you roll two d6s to to like make your decisions like you roll the d20 uh, and I think that's really interesting because, like, that's that's just a much narrower margin of error. If you like rolling a one and not twenty is pretty gruesome. Rolling a one on a, on a d six to make that decision 
you're like, oh, there's there's no room for it. This is going to be bad. Yeah. No, I'm I'm really bad for that stuff because like I'm the I'm still you know we're only two weeks into it at this point and we don't know how long the campaign is but we've just finished kind of the first campaign, um, or the first mm-hmm. dungeon I would say. But I'm really bad because like the DM will say something like roll a d10 and I'm like picking up dice going oh is it this one is it but this that, one <laughs> that 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 happens with every player at the beginning you yeah. just kind of like you learn what the shapes are and you go this is what it is. Eventually. Yeah, I am. Like, I know the D20 and the D6 mm-hmm. and the D4. And then the rest of them, I'm kind of like, oh, which one of these is it? <laughs> yeah, basically. Pro tip, the D8 is two D4s butt to butt. Basically, yeah. That's Hang on, I have to get a set of dice here. There's, um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a, I've been, I've been reading up on like a, there's a wrestling, um, there's a wrestling uh, RPG as well called, um, oh, I can't remember what it's off the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's wrestling one as well that uses a 2D success system as well. And again, it's that terrible thing of like, well, the margin of error is terrible because one in yeah. 12 Rolling two- dice is stressful now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I have a, one of the, the guys in my, par- in my party actually, he, I don't know how, but he has a penchant for rolling natural ones. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, but he's he's smart about it though, because mm. now he exclusively plays as halflings who get to re-roll every natural one. Oh, <laughs> oh nice! He's play, yeah, he's playing. He's he's playing the rules. Yeah, he's playing, he's playing the player. But I mean, we we were kind of having a similar problem where we were like in the actual, you know, when you're exploring and you're looking for things, we were doing like, okay, on average. Mm. And then it was the case where we were getting into fights and instantly rolling like twos and ones. And <laughs> uh, it's a wonder none of us died. Yeah, like, that, that it's up. funny actually. Um, in, in the campaign I've been, I'm running, which you can watch over at twitch.tv slash Connor, by the way. Oh. Just that. <laughs> uh, uh, my party... They like it was written in the campaign. I'm I'm running a Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. It was a Kickstarter, a mm. Greek mythology themed campaign. Load of fun, really cool. Odyssey, um, give us money. Yeah, lots of money. Um, <laughs> brave but one of the things written into it is there's a magical cat. Like there's a magical NPC uh, who follows you, who kind of initiates the campaign and follows you because they want to write your write about your exploits. One of the feats they have is on their turn, they can basically cast a spell that allows all the party to re-roll any dice once during that turn. And like at the start, I kind of thought, I looked at it and was like, that's, that's ridiculously overpowered. That's, that's something, mm-hmm. that, is, that is taking the game and snapping it over their knee. <laughs> uh, but you know, we've been running this for four months and I don't know if it's that all seven of my players are just bad at rolling <laughs> dice. But it has been like, it has been incredibly clutch moments where they'll like they'll have rolled something with they'll have rolled something with advantage, which is when you like you roll twice and choose mm. the higher. Both rolls are terrible, and um, and they'll be like, "Oh God, oh this is awful." Wait a second, song of heroism, and they hit that not twenty, and it's just it's erupted. Uh, so I think that there's like there is a lot about giving your players that kind of extra thing. Mm. Yeah, where it's like. It might just snap the game over its neck, over over its back, but like it makes it more fun. Yeah, exactly. And the more fun a game is, the more people are going to want to play it. Like if you're 
you know, getting killed every five seconds. It's not as fun. Like I was, when we finished the first dungeon, I kind of went online because I was like, oh, the DM was withholding some information that he was like, you guys never discovered what it was. So I was being cheeky and I like went to research it and someone had blogged the same campaign and it was like they had like four players, but all of their players were playing two characters each because they just kept getting killed. And it's like, that's not as fun, though. Mm, yeah, yeah like, I think that there's, there's there's a conversation like that. Like, again, that's that's something that like I think has to be a conversation with your DM mm. where it's totally cool for like to make a like to make a high lethality uh, campaign. Maybe as a one off uh, though. Like not for a whole game. Oh yeah, like make make it short, make it a thing. Yeah, like famously, uh, I say famously, uh, the one of my favorite uh, RPG shows to watch is Dimension Twenty. College Humor, their streaming service Dropout, one of their one of their big shows is Dimension Twenty. It's D and D shows, and they did. Uh, it's it's the premise was Game of Thrones, but Candyland. <laughs> uh, going into this, they, they a crown of candy. It's actually stunning. It's so good. Mm. Uh, but one of the things was like because they're doing Game of Thrones, it, like they the, the DM Brennan was like, this is going to be an incredibly brutal campaign. I am go. I am out to kill your characters in this. To the point where each of the characters, when they made it, comp- like had to fully design backup characters. Mm. Mm. Um, so, like, I think, yeah, like you can definitely do up a very strictly like, like high lethality campaign, but I think that's something that has to be known going into it. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly. Gotta be, you can kind of even, alternate. That. Even in like, yeah, like historically, in the the way that D anD D was originally written in its first edition, it was made so that like lethality was kind of built in mechanically because you know like rogues were designed where they would level up faster than everyone else but they'd also have no hit points so like they'd have comparatively no hit points so they'd die super easy so you'd go which is great because you're going okay great i got to level four but you know you die very quick you know by the time everyone else is on level one or two and they die super easy so it is something where like you know it historically lethality has been there and like there are, i have seen people discuss before that they find that like the way the the current edition of uh, D is written is uh too it's too easy to not die because like you're given loads of hit points uh by like you're given loads of hit points and as well as that you still have to do death saves where it's just basically rolling 5d20s and if three out of the five are successes, you pass, which is statistically quite achievable. So it's just, it's just one of those things where like, um, it, it really depends. Again, like if you're, if you're building a campaign where you want lethality to be there, some of those rules, you just kind of go, eh, no death saves. Like, it's actually, to make uh, it more one, manageable, like, one, I played a campaign with a, with a DM who was very just like, I, I want to kill you guys. Uh, and one of his home rules was that your death saves carried over. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. <laughs> so, no, again, he's like Wait, this was this. Explain that for the layperson. Uh, essentially, like when you when you fall to zero hit point uh, hit points in D anD D, you just fall unconscious. You're not dead. Mm. Uh, and you basically, as Bryn said, uh, you have to roll a death save. Where yeah. if you roll a ten or above, it's passed. Ten or below, it's failure. Three passes here, and you're stable, but you're still unconscious. Three failures. Uh, you die. That's that's the end of that character. 
But uh, whatever you, you know, you, you get healed and you get back up, they always reset in uh, rules as written. So, like, you always, you always have a lot of, as Brian was saying, you always have a lot, a lot of chances to, to get up and to not die unless you really roll poorly. Yeah, and if the uh, rest of your party just decides to not help you. Yeah. You know. Uh, but as, but as, as my friend Mikey uh, used to play was that those saves, as I said, they didn't reset. So if you knock, if you get knocked out, say save it once but fail twice, and then you get back up, go about your day. If you fall, if you get knocked out again and fail one more save, that's it, you're dead. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now again, that like as I like this was all disclosed before the campaign started. This was only things he said. So like we all again, it was something we knew went going into it. Yeah. So we knew to expect. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, that's one of those ones where like I need to have a full on conversation with the DM about it because they go like, "Hang on, so like we could go four sessions without my character going down, where there's been days, if not weeks, in between sessions, and you're telling me that like because because my character several days ago had a near death experience, I'm now dead." Okay. It's, it's been a while. I think they reset on long rests. I think yeah. that was his. Yeah. Like, I, it's been years since, yeah, I, since yeah. I played a game where he ran. Uh, but I think, yeah, no, I think it was long rests. But, like, yeah. it was one of those things where they didn't reset immediately as soon as you got up. So there was that extra tension. Yeah. Mm. Well, that, that's, uh, that's a great idea, okay. actually, if that's how it is. Because, like, that means at least that, like, you know, you, it would, it would uh, push you to be a bit more conservative with how you play. Which again, when you're in a world that has that has everything from uh, liches to dragons wandering around the place, maybe you should be a bit careful. Like, <laughs> you know. hey, maybe don't be a jack in the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, how about how about not murder or hoping? How's that for an idea? You, you <laughs> need to not Leroy Jenkins your way into every situation. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, I, like I'm always always open to seeing more like rules like games because almost all the other games I've ever gotten interested in playing uh, in terms of uh, tabletop games have always been rules heavy like Warhammer or uh, Shadowrun. I don't know if either of you have ever played Shadowrun. Well, I'm assuming you've never played Shadowrun, uh, Katie, but um, Kev, I'm assuming you've I've, ever played it. Have you read anything no, about Shadowrun? I've never Run? played Shadowrun. Shadowrun? Not much. I've heard, like, I've heard it mentioned, but I'm not, I don't know like specifics. Yeah, Shadowrun is the crunchiest game I've ever seen. It like it it can take it can legitimately take hours to do a single combat a combat encounter because like it's like okay so you're gonna throw a grenade okay roll to see if you can throw your grenade okay so it's exploded okay roll for shrapnel damage and then it's like it's like roll to see if a shrapnel hits other people okay then roll to do damage on that and then like it's just it just completely extrapolates out and you're just like. This is horrible. It takes the <laughs> you know? fun out of it almost. But, uh, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like, in my opinion anyway, like, the more realistic you try to make a game mechanically, the one, the less realistic it's going to be, and two, the, like, the longer it's going to take everything to go through. Like, it, sometimes it's just a bit easier to go, okay, roll to hit. Okay, you have to beat 12. You've beaten 12. That's it. Done. Roll for damage. You know, like sometimes those things just work better than having to be like, than having to go through going. Okay, so the you hit a spring. Now that spring, I have to see how that 
<laughs> reacted mm-hmm. to this thing. Just not fun. Okay, hold on there while I just pull up the jump calculator. Yeah. <laughs> what's your base speed? That's that plus the square root. And what's the axis of the actual world we're on? Okay, well, yeah. and the moon's in centerfold. Okay, cool. You move yeah. 30 feet. <laughs> and like, I get, I get that that works for some people, but I'm not one of those people that wants to have to calculate things in my spare time. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, I would say that like, as... Like I would say that, like um, even though we've said like D and D is crunchy, I would still say like as games go, it's you know it, it's as crunchy as it can get without it being so bogged down in detail that it becomes like an absolute slog to go through. The only time when really I think D and D gets uh, get it's uh, lumbersome is when it comes to uh, spell when it comes to doing spell casting because that's when it can be like okay. You know, because it's a really common request from a DM, and it's a fair request, but it does take up time. Which is okay. What does that spell do again? And then you have to explain the rules <laughs> for each individual spell. That, you know, and that can just take four. I, I remember the. Fr- I remember the first time I had it, I sat down with a DM. It's the first time I played a spellcaster, mm-hmm. and I was looking through. I was like, okay, okay, so. Okay, so I'm at second level. I mean, they got second level spells, and they're like, "Oh no, that's not how that works." <laughs> it's like, what do you mean my what do you mean my spell level is different from my class level? What is this, what is this nonsense? Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, like it, it it has its moments of getting bogged down, but outside of that, and outside of like spellcasting and combat are the two times when number crunching is the kind of like really matters. Everything else is, I think it it can be as crunchy as as you want it to be. Yeah, it can be as simple uh, like, as addition or subtraction, but. Yeah. Like, I've seen games where, like, the players don't even really roll. Like, I've seen, depending on how you want to play it, but, like, the players don't even really roll dice. Especially, mm-hmm. like, with kind of, like, beginner players. Uh, like, like this is your first time playing a tabletop RPG where the DM will kind of sh- shoulder all the burden of, of dice rolling. Mm-hmm. Of, like, tell me what you want to do. Or, like, maybe take your D20 rolls and that's that. And then, like, I'll do all damage rolls and attack rolls for you just take that burden off of you if you just want to just literally play the game just just do yeah. what you want yeah i've well, also yeah, seen the inverse but like Sorry, i, I quite say- like the the whole rolling the dice aspect it's you know it has oh, that yeah. little bit of stress but also it's it's quite satisfying to just roll a dice yeah i have seen it's one of those things i've seen where um there are strata there are like um ways of playing games where like it's entire player facing which means that like you're rolling for your attacks and their successes and failures, but you're also rolling for your enemies' attacks and being successful or failing against you, and oh. you rolling your own damage and stuff like that, which I think is super interesting. Yeah. Um, now again, the the problem is is that like if you've got like um, it, it, the problem is there is that if you have like eight players, that can take a very long time very to do combat because they're yeah. basically doing they're basically going through two different sets of rolling. You know, so, but then again, if that if that's what you're finding, then you probably would just go, okay, we're just going to do group initiative and it's going to be enemies on one side and everyone, and I'll just say, you're attacking you, they're attacking you, and so on. And then you can tell me how you're <laughs> ah, attacking the The buddy like, system. Yeah, yeah, basically, you know, <laughs> and then just making everyone roll at the same time just to make things a bit easier. Like, there are ways around it, but it's a case of like getting heavy into homebrew at that point because you're homebrewing mechanics. Well, you know, these are always options. 
But even then, I mean, the deeper you get into most RPGs, the more you're kind of, got, kind of want to homebrew anyway, because you're always going to find certain things that you're not going to be too happy with with how with how rules are written. Like personally, the five edition sleep spell I think is terrible. Um, so I've re- I rewrote it for my. Oh yeah, my yeah. That's I I've, I've I think I looked at taking that for like my my bard I played, and then I just looked and was like what what, what roll eight dice and. Yeah. Subtract that from the HP and yeah. however many people. That's this is dumb. Yeah. This is dumb and, and I it, hate it. And it doesn't get it doesn't get powerful with more levels, which is like <laughs> so it doesn't scale. It's just, just like, okay, this no, is good for two make, levels and then never again. <laughs> make it a constitution save. It's not easy. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. And and I think that there's there's definitely a case to say about um like when you hear homebrewing you think that that's oh i need to know every rule of this game to even consider yeah. homebrewing things no i you, i want I, I want to be the one here to say you don't no. <laughs> like obviously you have a base understanding of kind of how the the, ga- the 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 game basically works but like homebrewing is literally just oh i want to do this thing and i can't find it yeah i'll make it myself or like i you know, or, or you or you see a rule board. you know or you see a rule and you uh, think you disagree with it so you try to improve it you know, like those are the two kind of modes that people kind of fall into homebrew on. You know, like um, <laughs> I remember seeing this online, but I can't remember where it was. Like rules are made to be optimized. <laughs> you know, which is pretty yeah, much the homebrewers. They're more like attitude. guidelines, really. Yeah. Again, <laughs> it's a first draft. Uh, like yeah, like in in the Odyssey of Dragon Lords, there's a there's a segment of like the end of the first uh, the first chapter where. The uh, where it wants the characters to swear an oath to an oath, basically an oath of an oath of fellowship. Mm. Uh, but mechan- but like I was reading it, it's like, oh, just, so did they get any boons for this? Mechanically, they didn't get anything. They were just like, yeah, we're friends now. Handshake. And I was like, that's that's pretty that's pretty anticlimactic. So I went and designed a whole uh, feet tree <laughs> where. I'd like literally, I, I'm awesome. turning this into a power of friendship app. Oh, it was, this was the one you sent us, wasn't it? I had said this. It's, it's good, yeah. It's it's because I got so excited when I made it, and I know I couldn't send it to anyone in my D and D groups. Like, you guys need to see this. Yeah. Um, and so far, I don't like. I'll say it like because one of my players is actually sitting over there working. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll only tell you about like the first feat they got, which was that um, they can they can use the help action as a bonus action between each other once Class. per long rest. Um, which means, yeah, like they can just like make somebody like re- help, literally just help someone for free because they've, they've sworn this, this bond of fellowship. Yeah. And I think like definitely that kind of breeds into kind of like keep making them closer companions. It's, it's mechanically, it's awesome. Like this is a, this is a boon you got. Yeah. Um, and like, as they level up, they'll, they'll get more stuff. <laughs> but, but as well as that, something like that, like what I, what I love about a rule like that, though, as well, is that like that also just gives players more options in combat, which just mm-hmm. again the more like again it's one of those things where like I, I'm not big on like having like multiple different outcomes for stuff, but having multiple ways to get outcomes, I'm always going to be you know like it's why I love like I love the the optional rule of flanking. I think that's great because again mm-hmm. it just gives it makes combat more tactical which I think is great. And I think anything that does that, anything that makes it more tactical or makes it more, makes players think more about what they can do in combat is always a better way to play. You know? Agreed. (laughs) Yeah, like as, 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 like, 
as much of a fighter apologist as I actually am, uh, there is a reason they get clowned on. Where like you know when you're kind of sitting there in combat and you see everyone kind of doing all these all these spells and tricks and kicks and they're you know rolling that they're like hit him with my sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our um, uh, that being said, I have in, in one of my parties they we have a um, we have a fighter. It's also that halfling, by the way, uh, halfling halfling fighter <laughs> um, who's a champion. So she gets uh, critical hits on on nineteens, um, which again rolls one next one's a nineteen happens so frequently. Um, also has two hand crossbows, so she get she gets um, so she gets a uh, two. And she also took a feat at level four. I can't remember what the feat did. But basically, she has like something like four or five attacks. At, she has something like four or five attacks at level five. And yeah. So, you know, it's... See, this, this is why I'm a fighter yeah. apologist. <laughs> so this is basically what I'm saying is that like, yeah, I mean, people can clown on fighters all they like, but when you can do stuff like that, <laughs> it I makes it hard to argue with it. Like, you know, you hit with stick, but they do a real good job at hitting yeah. with stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's been fun. Yeah. No, but that, that, that's, like, the joy of it, though, is that, like, because, I mean, like, D&D is absolutely, between this show and D&D, that's what got me through this lockdown. Yeah. Without those two things, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely recommend. And I am seeing more and more like people you wouldn't even expect to be playing those kind of games are now playing yeah. them. And I do recommend it because it's easy. It's an easy way to be social because it's an Absolutely. activity that you can all be doing together. Yeah, because you can use like, um, I mean, like there is there are platforms like Roll20, uh, which people can use for uh, for playing online. But as well as that, I mean, like, can use Zoom or um, or yeah. Jitsi or any of those other. We just um, use Discord. Yeah, yeah. Then that's yeah. Like if you watch the streams, our Discord heads are just sitting there on the side half the time. Uh, we don't we don't do anything special. That's it. We yeah. just roll dice in front of us. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot you can do, and it's it's definitely if you're looking for. Um, a game that's easy enough to get into. Like I would mm-hmm. recommend Morkborg because that's the only one I've played, and I know it's rules light. But there are probably others out there as well. Yeah. But the, there's a great site called uh, Drive Through RPG, which is like if you want to, if you're interested in playing RPGs, but you have no idea where you want to start, all you know is you're kind of going like, ah, I'm not that interested in D and D because they don't, you don't want to do like a, a strictly like a high fantasy setting. Fair. Look at Drive Through RPG. There's loads of options there. Um, I would personally say don't play Shadowrun because I've just found it horrifically dull. Um, but there are there's loads of there's loads of different choices. I mean, like it's a very very deep well because the general fan base for RPGs is quite wide, you know. So like, and again, like something like Monster of the Week sounds cracking, and I'll probably have a look at that. <laughs> yeah. finish up uh, another one shout out uh, is a system called masks similar to monster league actually but its setting is like kind of you know marvel marvel dc superheroes mm. and all the kind of the archetype like it, all, all your kind of classes are your your archetypical kind of hero types uh, mm. and again it's very like uh monster league where it's d6 systems and it's all very very role play heavy it's not very number crunchy uh we <laughs> one of my one of my friends in my D&D group they um they they got us to basically make masks characters 
with the hope that they were going to run a campaign at, well, at like later on down the line. But then my campaign is mm. taking forever. And like it's, it's in the back burner and we'll get to it someday. <laughs> but we are sitting on characters. Yeah, fair. That does happen that's as well. That's all the other thing. It's, it's just fun to make characters. <laughs> yeah, and you have them ready to go whenever you need them. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's always been like the fun thing is like... Um, is uh, trying to create characters like I got kind of like locked into a hole of going okay I need to make characters that I can take seriously but they need to have something fundamental to them that makes them pretty funny as well <laughs> you know and that's been always like a hard uh, hard part like a hard balance to set um, you know usually doing it through um, I usually try to find a way to do it through like uh, either like their general behavior or just something in their backstory that just makes them a bit more uh, uh, makes them a bit uh, that makes them just a bit more funny to be around. Like uh, I have a dra- like again, I play a drow arcane trickster who hates high elves to such a point that he will run off in the, in the middle of battle just to find a way to elaborately mess with that high elf. <laughs> you know, or you could uh, you could uh, you could do what I did in the mystery campaign uh, I played with my friends over over Christmas. And just make a goblin, but give him a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs courage when you have artificer, a gun? And, and it's it's one of the <laughs> one of these things. It was the artificer class, which is in the new book. Yeah. And it's one of these things. My friend Eric uh, thinks it's the funniest thing, especially in like high fantasy D and D, where you've got all these people, you know, swords and sorcery and spells, and this one's got a gun. <laughs> it's very Indiana Jones of you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, so it's like yeah, I don't you, know you why, but I'm ima- uh, I don't know why, but I'm imagining it's a goblin in a pinstripe suit with a Tommy gun. I don't know why that's and a fedora. <laughs> oh, no, of course. <laughs> no, no, he was the, the We played a mystery campaign, but in the run up to it, we all of us decided on the characters together, and we decided we were a pirate crew. Our the guy, the the, the person running the game, fully were like. You're not on a ship. You are on <laughs> land. Like, no, we're a pirate crew. Like, and the whole, yeah, Grizzle, Grizzle, the ship's engineer. So, so what you're, so, ta- and, like, Grizzle, so what so you're telling me jerks. is that you created the perfect crew for the Salt Marsh campaign, and then you just put it in the wrong place? <laughs> 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 I think they're going to play the Salt Marsh campaign with us, like, next year. <laughs> because we were just like, yeah, we just want to get back to our boat. Oh, you should make, you should make them all PIs for the, for the, for the Salt Marsh campaign. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, Grizzle. Grizzle was a dirty little greasy goblin. He talked like this because his name is Grizzle. A Grizzle who speaks <laughs> in third person. <laughs> yeah. One of my, one of my favorite little things, actually, I did with that was um, was because he was an artificer, he got spellcasting. But it made no sense for this goblin to have magic. So, <laughs> so I entirely... So all of his magic was tools. Yeah. Um, like, he had the grease spell, which was just an aerosol cam with, 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 with like, WD-40 in it. Um, or he had Ray of Frost, which was a liquid nitrogen canister on his back attached to a tube on his hand because he kept setting fires. <laughs> and this was his way of putting that in. Oh, Brilliant. That's so good. So, like, yeah, it, I, I, I love kind of just like thinking of ways to kind of make make it fit the mm. character. That's genius. Yeah. Oh god, it's one of the best things. It's one of those things I love about D and D is that you get to just have that level of customizability in it. Yeah, and I love that you can even do it as you go. 
Mm. So like we're we're only two weeks in and we're still figuring stuff out, you know, and the DM was saying to us, OK, you finish the first because basically the the premise of the first dungeon is that if you do the job like you're it kind of starts off like oblivion, you know, you're in prison. Mm. And if you go do this job, you get your freedom back. So he's like, OK, you all have your freedom. Now you have to start coming up with like backstories and you know, you, you want to come up with like motivation to keep going in the world. And maybe you want motivation to like actually stay with the party that you're with. Cause you know, there's no reason for you guys to stay together now. Mm. Um, and it's, it's just one of those fun things. And like my character is what's known as the pale one. And basically the character description is just, you are an unknown horror. <laughs> so like you just, this random kind of, I, I, I like to say it's like Eldritch esque. So it's, it's and nobody in the world knows anything about what you are or where you're from. Um, and basically my character's backstory is just like, I was fished out of the sea. Mm. <laughs> so they just, and it's nice that there's this level of, you know, okay, you can add stuff to it. So as we're growing, I've kind of decided like, okay, maybe my character is like, because it's this weird, unknowable creature. Maybe that's, it's not one person. Maybe it's lots of people within one vessel you know? Mm. And so I said that to the DM and he was like, I love it. <laughs> so it's just this, it, it has this nice level of, can we do this? Well, let's find out. Yeah. I have like, um, uh, like I have this uh, character in my back pocket. I haven't named him yet, but I'll get to that at some point. Uh, there's this race of uh, bird type people called Kenku, mm-hmm. um, which can't, uh, Basically, they have they're cursed, so they can't have any like um, they can't uh, have any original thought. But they're amazing at mimicking everything. So I went, oh, I'm going to create a Viago type rogue, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so just like everything, people say like, I'm repeating what you say. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I quite Again, like the- have, have have him join our uh, pirate crew as part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, sorry, Katie. What no, were you I was just gonna say I quite like the randomness, like because for me it, it wasn't so much a case of make a character. It was kind of more there was a list of pick your class, mm. and then I just rolled the dice for everything else. So my character is like um, hyper flexible, so mm. I can like we call it frubing my way through cracks, <laughs> you know, like a, <laughs> like a frub. So it's like. You know, there's a trap door or something, but it's locked. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I'm going to froobe down there. (laughs) (laughs) And like even things like the name. So it it gives you, you know, a list of words kind of thing. You know, those things where it's like, pick your birthday, pick your, you know, whatever. Well, this was like, roll the dice to see what your name is. Class. And mine just so happened to be painful reflects the moon. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, it's just like random stuff like that, you know, and, and we have other, like our, our party is kind of, we have this, like one of the guys is, I think he's like an alchemist, but he also has four monkeys. (laughs) All right, guys, going to have to leave it there. Um, Thanks very much for everyone who's listening on Phoenix 92.5 FM. We do appreciate it. Um, But if you want to get the rest of this show, go over to nerdtonomedia.com. What are you waiting for? Go right now. Nerdtonomedia.com. Dot com is where you can find the rest of the show countless shows we have shows pretty much on everything it's where you're going to find them first tons of wrestling shows nerd shows everything that you could possibly want is over on nerd media right now nerd of course if you would rather do the visual version nerd media on youtube we're not hard to find at all so we'll see you next time here on phoenix 92.5 fm 
Check out the rest of Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM every Tuesday at 8pm to 9pm. And of course, over on NerdToKnowMedia.com, the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. Welcome to Overtime here on Nerd to Know Media. Um, and then our other our other party member is like a hermit who so far has not shown much interest in trying to actually find out what he can do and what he can't do. So he's kind of he just whiffs it a lot. Fair. So it's it's oh, yeah, fun. Like there's um there's one of the one of the D and D books they made actually. Uh, Xanathar's got to everything. Mm. Uh, it's got like I, I guess all a third of the book is those sorts of choices. Like for if you're not like if you're not great on creative writing, you're not great at kind of thinking of backstories. It's just got chapters and chapters and chapters of tables and tables and tables of just building a person, just building a personality, or at least kind of giving you giving you little things to kind of spark ideas. <laughs> to the point where there was a there was one evening where us and our friends we weren't we weren't even making characters we just like used it as a form of tarot and just rolled and just like <laughs> kind of used it to, to to divine like I guess this is this is how my day's been. <laughs> <laughs> but but it That's is awesome. fun. My parents died in a raid. It is fun and it kind of takes that pressure <laughs> off as well because you know when they're like pick a character and you're like ah look at all these options this, like like you said pages and pages and pages and pages of stuff and you're like i don't even know where to begin so it's kind of nice with you know with Morkborg that it's a small list it's like one page per class mm. and it's just roll the dice for your name roll the dice for your backstory roll the dice for your special ability you know it's it's and that's it it's really good yeah like, well, it's always, I think, again, especially when you're trying to do character creation, I think it's always nicer to have, like, a shorter list to work with initially. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, it just gets, like, um, I think, any, like, again, using, uh, like, the most recent character I did create in D&D was a wizard. And trying to, with, with, with wizards, like, you have to, you have to, you get, like, the the biggest selection of spells of any other spellcasting uh, character. Which also means that, like, you have to read up rules for every single spellcasting spell there is that's available for wizards, which means that you're spending a lot of time going, right, so do I want... Do I want to have alarm or do I want to have aid? And just try... And that's, like, just the beginning of it. And, like, that's even before you've done any rolls going through that much rules. It can make it very difficult. Yeah, and very painful to actually like get into the game straight away and actually start playing, you know. So like, I think anything that cuts that down is always going to be uh, be an improvement. Yeah, I think that's that's what oh, yeah. kind like, of puts a lot of people off initially mm-hmm. is is the fact that the, you know, because I don't know about other people, but with myself, it kind of takes me a while to get into these things. Mm-hmm. So like, I haven't even really started properly role playing yet because I'm still figuring out. What it is, is, this feels weird, that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's nice if there's less to go on initially, and then mm. as you're enjoying it, as you get more into it, you build on it from there. Mm. Like, I, yeah, I, I definitely would agree with that, though. Like, I think it's important to, I think, with like any game, I mean, it, it's important to have like a level of like, um, having like a, an element of uh, pick up and play. 
because it can just, I mean, it's probably one of those things where I, I feel like what I, knowing what I know now, I would probably say to any new players, don't pick wizard because it probably <laughs> is one of the most rules heavy classes to play straight away. You know, pick sorcerer or warlock and have a much, it's like you or still bard. get that spellcasting, <laughs> or bard, yeah, and you still get that spellcasting element to it, but there's just less of it, so you're not as bogged down, yeah. you know. Um, and I think like those kind of elements would just make things a bit more manageable. Alternatively, I mean, like there's also, I mean, like yeah, but stuff like ranger has spells as well, but like not as much. But don't play ranger because ranger's pretty pretty bad, <laughs> you know. Um, but like. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's one of those things for like new. I think for newer players, it's also just about like this this level of minefield because like finding finding players who want to play regularly is super difficult. Yeah, Fi- finding a DM who actually wants people to have a good time is super difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, but if you're if you're fortunate enough to find them, then you're well on your way to actually having a really really good time. Um. And then you just have to hope that like the kind of campaign you're doing is what's meeting your expectations. That might not necessarily might not necessarily happen because you know you might want to have like a more horror themed experience. And then if that if you're doing that and you're playing D and D, you probably want to look at Call of Cthulhu more so, or even maybe Morkborg might be even more up your alley as well. But again, there's so many different games that like. If you have a really good idea of what you want, you should be able to find it. But trying to find people to play with will always be the thing that's going to make it really difficult to play fully. Yeah, and I think like even a lot of the people that we play with, they also play D and D. So it's mm. kind of finding the time then, because if they're playing D and D once a week and we're playing more Borg once a week, it's like finding days that don't clash and and still also giving them time off as well. Mm. Absolutely, because I mean th- th- these are games that even when they are rules light, they're time consuming. You yeah. Know? Um, like, I think, like, uh, you know, I feel, I think the, the shortest session I've had where I still felt like I got things done was like two and a half hours long, which you can put it this way. That's like, that's 15 minutes longer than Captain America Winter Soldier. And there's nowhere near as much detail that happens in that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been meeting up on on like Thursdays, and we usually say we'll go for three hours, but sometimes yeah. it ends up being you know four hours. Yeah, just because you know either you get into it or the three hour mark hits, but you're in the middle of a fight, so you can't just mm. like stop mid fight. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sorry, Brent. I'm just impressed that you have the the, the runtime of Captain America: The Winter Soldier burned into your brain. I I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's in there. It's just there. Because <laughs> that. Uh, oh yeah, like I we we planned a, a one shot for New Year's and one shots notoriously for you think like you know doing it all in one session is easy. It's it's the most difficult thing, and so we planned on having that for the day. But the the girl whose house we were planning on running it in, she was like, yeah, we could like you know we could start at, like four. I'm like Rebecca, we we planned on starting at twelve. We're this this is the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't think this wasn't going to be a three hour thing. No, we, we, we have eight hours put aside so we can finish this one game. Yeah. And then even at that, it kind of depends on the players as well. Cause you might have three hours worth of story, but like when mm. we started out, especially with me, cause I didn't know how anything worked in these kind of games. So I was kind of relying on the other players to guide me through more or less. 
But the other players were just as reluctant to do things as I was. So, you know, we were in the first room, which was essentially just step across a stream. But we were in there for like 10 minutes because nobody wanted to be like, okay, let's move on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, again, I have a, there's a player in my group who, um, like, the way, he, his, uh, the way he approaches everything is very slowly, where it's like, okay, uh, like, it, there was one time where he was playing a wizard, which was uh, not the best role for him to do, but uh, he, um, you know, he, he, would, he would go like, okay, so I need to think. And then I go, okay, so I, I don't have any level three spots left. Don't have any level two slots left. I don't have any, I don't have any, le- I have two level one slots left, but I don't want to use those spells right now. So I have to go to my cantrips. Right. I'm going to cast. What, what's the resist? Is this resistant? Is this monster resistant to anything? It's resistant. It's resistant to fire. I'm going to cast Ray of Frost. And that's how he would go every turn. He'd be like, oh, okay. That's that's how this is then. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like, it just, it it's going to depend on how quickly you get through it by kind of how eager people are, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. But again, like, I mean, some people, they just really have to think through everything, which yeah. can slow, it can slow things down. Like, And like, I'll put my hand up. I am one of those people. But I'm still learning, you know? Yeah. So, like, like it gets to my turn, and they're like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, mm, what can I do? Yeah, well, that, I mean, like, that's also, like... Well, that's, that's, like, that's... Sorry, Kev. That's totally fine. I think, like, it, that, that's just kind of to emphasize, like, that's that's totally cool that, like, it, that's, how you, that's how you are. Just mm. kind of to make that clear to everyone listening. Uh, like, not everyone is programmed to be able to make those kind of split-text decisions. It's, yeah. it's a game. Yeah. You, you want to try and make like the right turn. So yeah, no, take, like if you need to take your time. Yeah. You want to play in a way that's fun for you. Absolutely. Like, but that's the, I mean, like that's the thing. And like, if it's a case that like, um, you know, I mean, again, like the only thing I would ever say to people who do struggle with the, is well is that like, you know, if, it does take a while to get used to the game, but you know, you'll figure out, you'll figure out what are your, you know, it's trying to. You know, if you if you're if you're conscious that like you feel like you're slowing down the game, best thing to do is to kind of like, as soon as your turn is over, start planning your next turn as you're going along. But that way, it just means that like, um, it just means that way. It, it just means that when you do that, when you get to your turn, now you still might have to deliberate a bit more. But by that point, you should be well on your way. It might even be a case of having to like ask the DM a couple of questions or whatever. But once you get to that point, you should be flying. But, you know, it just means that, like, the flow kind of keeps going for everyone because that's also important. But- or even, like, something uh, something we, we do every once in a while, like, just, you know, if you are not if you don't know what to do yet, just say, can you come back to me in about two turns? Just, like, I'm trying to see how things are going. Just can I waylay things for, like, a minute? Don't, not even a whole round. Just, like, give me, give me five seconds. Let someone else sure. go. Yeah, that's also that's, that's also that's, totally reasonable. That's something I've learned as well is to just hold if you don't mm. know what to do. Just hold. Yeah. You know, and like again, I mean hope that that's also like one of those things because it, again, it is possible to have DMs who are very much like this is the initiative order. You're not disrupting the initiative order <laughs> so you can think about what you're doing. It's like, dude, this is a game. We're playing a dice game right now. Come on. Yeah. Like <laughs> 
We're being Let's super just nerdy the right now. Order so we can think <laughs> about a it. fantasy moths game. How about you chill out for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not God. going okay. for the gold medal. Yeah. I like, could not... sincerely talk about RPGs with you with you guys all evening, uh, but mm. we are at time. <laughs> yeah, um, I think like, Sorry, we got a couple of points. This is this has been a blast. I have had a lot of fun this evening, um, but I think that is where we'll have to call our wraps. So before we go, uh, Bryn, is there anything you would like to tell the good people about? Um, no, just you know. Have fun and be kind to your players. DMs be kind to your players. Players be kind to your DMs. Um, you know, DMs are people too. Um, <laughs> as as much as we lead you to not believe that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Wise words to live by. Uh, and Katie. Yeah, a couple uh, things actually. Um, so everything has been really quiet for doing it for the exposure because I've been like ill and stuff. But we have an editor on board now, which means I don't have to edit the show anymore, which is fantastic. Um, so we're, we're doing like a, a kind of a transition period right now. So things might be a bit spotty for a bit, but then we will get back on track. Um, and also I have teamed up, uh, well, Acutely Morbid has teamed up with New Wolf Studios. Um, so we are creating like exclusive jewelry and stuff for them and they are launching their website soon. So keep an eye on that if you want to follow them. On Instagram, you can follow New Wolf Studios or New Wolf Apparel. Ooh. Very awesome. Sounds, yeah. sounds great. It's happening. Uh, it's happening. It's happening, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, uh, yeah, that sounds, that, sounds, that sounds fantastic, Katie. Uh, as I crowbarred into the show earlier, uh, very thematically appropriate with all the RPG talks, mm. uh, you can find me every Tuesday evening on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Rain, where I am running a Greek-themed campaign. This this wonderful book right here, a lot of fun. Having We have fun playing games with friends. That's that's what this was about. Um, otherwise, Anime Crash Course is still on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, or you can follow me over on Twitter at KevTalica94, where I have been mostly posting Final Fantasy XIV stuff because I have lost control of my life. Um, but... As always, if you want to follow uh, the show more, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, all at nerd to know uh, This has been the show. Thanks, guys. It's been a blast. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 